please join me. Uh, we're reading from Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 15. I'll give you a moment to find that. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 15. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Well, by way of intro, introduction, I want to tell you what Christian prayer is not. Here's three things that Christian prayer is not. Uh, Firstly, prayer is not shooting up an emergency flare. You know, we certainly should talk to God when we're in need, but prayer is not your last-ditch desperate effort to call on some assistance when all other means of help have been exhausted. Uh, Prayer is not a mantra. Uh, In other words, prayer is not a meditative breathing exercise. And it's seen that way in some uh, Eastern religion. You know, think of the Nepalese prayer wheel. You spin it and out shoot some prayers into the heavens. Uh, But prayer is not Uh, words, uh, you know, spoken in repetition, and if you say it enough, it brings you inner peace. Uh, Prayer is not your religious login, as if prayer is your way of keeping up your religious subscription. Uh, Prayer is not a deal, so, you know, that's on your side, and you pray a bit, so that on God's side, well, he should, you know, keep up the services and give his blessings to you. It's easy to think those things, prayer is none of those things. Now, this whole series is about what prayer is. We'll get into it. But just to say a couple things by way of introduction. We're still introduction here. But firstly, Christian prayer is hard. Um, You know, even those Christians who say they have a regular habit, discipline of prayer will tell you, if they're honest, it's hard. It is. There's many things that makes prayer hard. Uh, Mental concentration, for one. And maybe the internet is shrinking our attention spans down to the size of a gnat. But it's always been hard to be focused, to give focused attention to prayer. And it's the quietness of prayer. It can make you feel alone. Is anyone there? Uh, Prayer brings home to us that, that God's not seen. Often he's not felt. In prayer you have to face that. 
and persevere through that. Uh, As an example, uh, the Apostle Paul in Romans 15 verse 30, he said, strive together with me in prayers to God. Strive. Prayer is striving. Prayer is hard. But secondly, uh, prayer is hard, but prayer is at the core of Christian faith. If you look at the Bible, all the great uh, men and women of faith prayed. Jesus prayed. Prayed. Sometimes he was constantly in prayer through the night. Uh, the early church would come together for prayer. Uh, the expectation is that all Christians would have a regular, faithful, uh, disciplined, devoted prayer life. Do you? See, prayer is at the core of our, experience, our spiritual experience of faith in God. Because, you know, think about... Uh, Jesus' preliminary words there on prayer in Matthew 6 that we just read before, um, Jesus talked about praying in secret because it's our prayer life that really shows your spiritual life. Uh, See, it's when you're away from everyone, away from validating yourself in front of anyone. It's just you and the Lord. Well, that's the real you. So your prayer life will show. You know, maybe you think of yourself, I'm, I'm actually generally an upbeat, thankful person. But when it comes to prayer, are you bringing your thankfulness, your thanksgiving to God? You know, you might think of yourself as a fairly, you know, humble, self-effacing person. Well, does it actually show up in prayer as you come to him and confess your vast and many sins? You might think of yourself as a fairly loving person. But is it expressed in how you bring people to God in prayer? See, in prayer, no one else is going to see you, just you and the Lord. So prayer is the plumb line to show the trueness of your inner spiritual life. So that's all introduction. And I say all that because if prayer is hard and prayer is important, it's natural to ask, well, how then should we pray? How can I get better at prayer? Well, in this series, we're looking at the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. He taught us. Uh, In this series, we're looking at this prayer. It's known as the Lord's Prayer. Uh, There's perhaps no other part of the Bible that's more memorized, more recited. In fact, on the screen are the words. As a way of getting into it, I'm going to invite you just in a second to pray it out loud with me. Now, this comes from the NIV version, that English version that we just read before. Maybe you're familiar with it, with a completely other version. And maybe you want to say it with the words that you know. If that's the case, then go for it. That's fine. But this doesn't actually have the added words that is often added to the Lord's Prayer that is said in church. This is just the words that Jesus taught in the Gospel, Matthew 6. So I'm going to invite you to say these words with us, just to sort of help us get, us, get it in our minds. So let's, if you feel comfortable, let's read it out loud together. It goes like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Uh, Today we're just going to look at the first two lines of this prayer of our Lord Jesus. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
Now, the Lord's Prayer is made up of a series of requests, or a more formal uh, word for requests is petitions. Uh, maybe you're always getting spammed to sign petitions uh, to, you know, to get the government to do stuff, but petitions just means requests. But the first line is not a petition, it's an address, our Father in heaven. Notice Jesus says, our Father. In fact, you notice that the whole prayer Jesus is teaching his disciples, it's in the form of the plural pronoun, our Father, not my Father. Uh, It's give us today our daily bread, not give me my daily bread. It's forgive uh, us our debts, not forgive me my debts. So it's our Father. This isn't an accident. Even with Jesus' words earlier about pray pray in secret, he's speaking against spiritual hypocrisy. He's not speaking against spiritual community. The expectation for Christians is that we would be praying with others. I mean, given how much we struggle with prayer, doesn't it make sense that you and I are actually going to be helped by praying along with others? With Christian friends, wouldn't it be lovely to be praying with your Christian friends? Husbands, pray with your wives. Uh, Mums and dads, do family devotions. I think this is a good reason to be in a growth group this year. I mean, I mean next year, 2024. Be in a growth group so you can pray with others. I know some of the women here at Christ Central who pray by, getting, by picking up the phone and praying with and for each other and church and the world over the phone. And actually keen to actually hook up other people in this way of praying with each other. And if you're keen with that, uh, let me know and I'll make introductions. But if you want to, um, but we should have a disciplined, disciplined personal habit of prayer because our faith is personal, but it's not private. Christian prayer has a community aspect to it. Our Father. Now that's one thing. Now, now, now let's focus on our Father. Uh, before the petitions, the requests, they come, they, they come down the line. The first thing in this, in this is the setting, the context, the relationship that makes prayer possible. God is our Father. And maybe these words feel so familiar. They feel so familiar, they actually don't impact us that much. Uh, But this is, it's extraordinary. You know, in in the Old Testament, um, I'll just run, 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 run by a few things with you. But in the Old Testament with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they had mighty experience of God. Uh, With Israel, they were rescued out of Israel with plagues and a pillar of fire and uh, and parting of the sea. Uh, God came down and shook the mountain. God personally revealed himself to prophets. All these amazing experiences of the Lord God Almighty. But it is never the case that people referred to God as Father. Let, Let that sink in. It just was never a thing. It just wasn't that a relationship, it wasn't the relationship that a righteous woman or righteous man of Israel had with God. But then along comes someone who does relate to God in a completely new, intimate, familiar way. It's so new, it's so familiar. In fact, the religious leaders are offended by it. I'm talking about Jesus. So it's Jesus alone who makes it possible for us to speak to God as our Father. It's through Jesus Christ alone 
that it's our spiritual privilege to be on intimate terms with God. Here's a few passages. In in John's Gospel, it says, But to all who did receive him, that's Jesus, he gave gave them, that's us, the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. See, to call God their father, this is not the prerogative of every human being. It's only the spiritual new birth right of those who believe in the name of Jesus. You know, becoming a Christian can sound like can sound like sort of joining a social group, can't it? You know, I'm I'm a Christian because you know we now believe the same things and we sort of have some of the same values, but it is deeper than that. Uh, being a true Christian is a true spiritual transformation thing. It's being saved. It's been getting converted. It's having new life. It's being born again. Here's another word. It's getting adopted. So that whereas we were children of wrath, that's Ephesians 2, or slaves to sin, we're now on personal terms, sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. Like it says in Galatians, when the time came to completion, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Or this passage from Romans 8. You receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. Uh, It's the testimony of God's word, and we have the testimony of God's spirit in our hearts. That we don't only just have, you know, the Lord God, King, Sovereign, He's also our Father. See, we have what Jesus has. It's amazing. And both those passages, they use the word crying, crying or crying out, Abba. It's like a child, you know, in the middle of the night, you know, a little child has a nightmare and just, you know, with full expectation that help will come running, they'll cry out, Daddy. And Mum or or Dad will just come for them. Well, this term Abba, it's never used in the Old Testament, never used towards God. It would have been seen as too personal, too homely, too familiar, too intimate. But how Jesus, the Son of God, speaks to his Father, that's how we come to him as well. It's amazing. We're thinking about the start of this prayer, our Father. But this makes sense also of how Christians generally end their prayer as well. Uh, we, You know, you might, well, you'd, Many of you be familiar with this. We say, in Jesus' name, amen. Joe did that before as well. It's not a made-up thing. It's not a made-up thing. It's not just sort of a thing that we've come up with. It's in the Bible. It comes from the lips of Jesus. It's there on the screen if you just want to just sort of glimpse it. But without Jesus, God is judge. Without Jesus, God is the righteous judge who'd rightly condemn us. Uh, Children of wrath, slaves of sin. But it's by Jesus' saving work on the cross and the ministry of the Holy Spirit by which we pray with confidence that God is our Father. 
Can I say, if, if you, when you pray, if you, if you don't use the words, our father or my father, and you just use, say, the words, dear God, or you don't finish the word, with the words, in Jesus' name, well, why is that the case? These are not magic words. These are not magical words of incantation, but they are words to reveal a truth when our trust is in Jesus. I'd invite you to use those words if that is your faith. In a moment, we're going to move on to the next line in the Lord's Prayer, but on this point, we we come to God as our Father. What we're seeing here is that prayer is relationship. Prayer is relationship. Now, it's easy to turn prayer into something that's quite shallow. We can bring to God the list of the things that we want. But if you look at this prayer, it is far from a shopping list. Jesus isn't giving us a prayer recipe for personal blessing. Jesus is giving us a way into enjoying and experiencing and acknowledging God our Father. The whole reason for prayer, the whole reason we can have God as our Father is Jesus. Uh, Christian, you are a recipient of grace. Christian, you're a recipient of overflowing love in Jesus. You've been adopted by the Spirit of God. And so Christian prayer, it's actually not really just asking for stuff. It's not a technique. It's not a transaction. In life, many relationships are transactional. You know, tit for tat. You know, think of your workplace. Think of a contract. You know, in, their, in those transactional relationships, a deal is struck. You know, work is done and you are, you, you, you are paid compensation. And by the way, isn't that the reason that Christmas is so good? That just for a while we get to down tools. And we can just be with people we love and give presents. Christmas is good, isn't it? There's no transaction. It's relationship. And that is Christian prayer. This is not transactional, tit for tat. We're not speaking words of incantation to get a God to do stuff. This is not technique. Um, You know, if this is the way that you use prayer... It's the same way as any ancient religion where you'd offer up prayers and maybe sacrifice a child on the altar in order to appease the gods and so that you'd get some harvest. It's prayer as magic, as incantation. It's prayer as religious technique. If that is your approach to prayer, your prayers are not taking you towards God. Your prayers are taking you further away from God. Heed the warning. But true Christian prayer is relationship. Uh, True prayer is confidently coming to God, your Father, through Jesus. Through Jesus, we're adopted. By the testimony of the Spirit, we have confidence. So here's the next line. Hallowed be your name. This is probably the strangest sounding uh, part of the prayer uh, to our ears. 
Now, I said before, after coming to God in prayer uh, as our Father in heaven, all the other parts of the prayer are a petition, are a request, and, and this is a request too. Maybe it doesn't sound like it, uh, but it literally is, Father, may your name be hallowed. Uh, but that sounds strange to us, doesn't it? What is hallowed? You might think of Halloween. If you're into Harry Potter, you might be thinking of the Deathly Hallows. Uh, I think J.K. Rowling just used the word because it sounded kind of cool. But hallowed, it comes from the word holiness. But it still, still sounds strange to us, doesn't it? Because, well, why do we pray for God to be holy? Isn't God already holy? So I think we need to realize there's another pattern going on here in the Lord's Prayer. I've already mentioned the pattern of, you know, plural pronouns. It's ours and us, not me and mine. Uh, but the other pattern is this. The first half of the prayer is purely focused on God before it even gets to us. You see it there? It's a prayer of two parts. You see it? We only come, uh, come into it you know, you and, our, uh, you and me as, you know, in the daily bread part, before then it's all focused on our heavenly Father. And so to pray and petition that God's name be holy, it means that in the hearts of men and women, that in first place for what we treasure, for who we treasure, it would be our Father. That everyone would revere him and honour him, and love him, that in the hearts of people, the name of God would be holy. Now, there is rich background to this, uh, to the name of God, and that his name be hallowed. There's plenty of passages in the Bible. Here's just one, uh, Isaiah 52, and this is a word to hard-hearted, sinful Israel. Uh, The word of the prophet is, all day long, my name is constantly hallowed. No, it doesn't say that, does it? All day long, my name is constantly blasphemed. In other words, the opposite of hallowed. Uh, This is the sin of the people that honour and revere and worship the name of God. They blaspheme the name of God by their their hypocrisy, by worshipping other gods, by committing all sorts of injustices, by their sexual immorality, by their greed, by treating God like he doesn't matter. In fact, by turning God into a transaction, you know, just rock up to the temple, put in a prayer, put in some sacrifices and all will be good. They're blaspheming the name of God. Now that's then... But if we look at the future when Christ returns, when Christ takes his, uh, takes his people to himself, the name of God will be hallowed. As it says in Revelation 4 verse 8, we're given this picture, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Uh, this is the promised certain future when this petition will be fully answered, hallowed be your name. Uh, that is the future. But by our prayers, we want God's name to be hallowed in the present now. So we should pray. We should pray that, uh, that God's church, that by our actions, by our personal godliness, by living differently, that God's name would be hallowed, regarded as holy. Uh, how much is this a passion in your prayers? 
that the name of God our Father in heaven would be honoured by your neighbours and family. Right now, we'll have friends whose hearts do not sing, holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, but instead their hearts would more likely sing, self, 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 or pleasure, 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 or beach, 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 or cricket, 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 or holidays, 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 or school results, school fees, school activities. Speaking about the name of God, I'll tell you about my name. If you didn't know, my name is Garnet. It's a little bit unusual. Uh, and we all have different sensitivities to our name. G- give an example. I used to know someone here at the school. He's a deputy, was a deputy at the school. He's a great guy, super friendly. Whenever he saw me, he would say, Garnet. He'd say, G'day, Garnet. And uh, he'd introduce me to others and say, Hey, this is Garnet. And uh, we're always with others, and I never sort of had the opportunity to correct him. And you know, as things go on long enough, it's just too awkward. That's fine. doesn't matter. You know, I could have said it's Garnet like Darnet, like it's not Garnet like Barget. But actually, just didn't care. Didn't really care. It's fine. But it should bother us how the name of our Heavenly Father is treated that in the hearts of our friends and our neighbours, that they'd worship him and revere him and love him and rightly fear him. See him, the one, see him as the one who is holy, holy, holy. And to pray the petition of hallowed be your name. I just want to say one more thing. This petition is not only about praying for others, but this petition is about you know, in our own hearts that would bring to God in prayer, that we bring to God a heart of praise and worship and love. See, in our prayers, it's right to bring to God a sense of awe. Sadly, I sometimes hear this in people's prayers. No, actually, I hear it in my own prayers. That it's if, you know, I'm pulling up to Macca's, the Macca's drive through and putting it in order. I'll have this, I'll have this, I'll have that. Uh, I'll have, you know, health, safety, you know, this for my kids. Instead of that, if we'd come to God in prayer with our hearts of hallowed be your name, in our prayers, that in our prayers, we actually need to, we need to ponder and meditate and draw on the gospel of our Lord Jesus. You know, in Old Testament times, if you tried to get near God, it would be lethal. You couldn't do it. You know, you try to get near God at the temple, you'd die. If you try to get near God at that mountain with Moses, you'd die. Even Moses, he had to be protected from God's holiness. He was protected from God by God. God covered Moses with his hand so that he'd only see the back of God But by the gospel of Jesus, our sin is covered there at the cross so that we can approach the throne of God. We can come near in our prayers. How astonishing it is that we can come to God with confidence. We come to God our Father in the name of Jesus. So here's a practical thing but a deeply spiritual thing. 
in our prayers rather than just putting in your orders of what you want. First of all, draw on the truths of the Bible. Read the Bible and be reminded of Jesus. Think of your adoption. You know, you've been brought from slaves to sons and daughters. Think about your new birth. Think about the gift of the Holy Spirit and come to God in awe. Praise him. Praise him with thanks. Tell your father how wonderful he is. Express your love to him. Honor him. You know, we can pray anywhere, anytime. Uh, You can talk to God in bed, on the lounge, in the shower, in the car, while you're drinking coffee, with kids screaming in the background. It's right to talk to God wherever, whenever, and to pray. We don't need, you know, some hallowed halls of some cathedral-looking building. A school hall is just fine. But in our hearts... It's right to create space and let your holy God know that he is awesome. Let him know that it is just a wonderful and beautiful thing to come to him in prayer. Here's a quote from one writer on prayer. It's by Austin Phelps. He said this about coming to God in prayer. He said this, God is here. In other words, in a moment of prayer, God is here within these walls, before me, behind me, on my right hand. On my left hand, he who fills immensity has come down to me here. I am now about to bow at his feet and speak to him. I may pour forth my desires before him, and not one syllable from my lips shall escape his ear. I may speak to him as I would to the dearest friend I have on earth. I like that quote because prayer is not something remote and formal. But neither is it, hey dude, we come to our Heavenly Father through Jesus by the ministering work of the Spirit in prayer. Let's praise our Father, honour Him, express to Him how thankful we are for Him. Hallowed be your name. Today's just the beginning of our journey through the Lord's Prayer. Jesus prayed earnestly. Sometimes He'd pray through the night. How about that? So how good is it that the master is giving us some lessons that we need on prayer? None of us find prayer easy or natural. But we shouldn't think that concerted, fervent prayer is for specific, just specific, only special people. No, it's for all of God's people. And I want to elevate the place and the importance of prayer. But the one thing I wouldn't want you to think is that you need to bring some super new level of super spiritual prayer. You need to bring your A game of prayer before God would accept your prayer. Or you really have to get your prayers up to the standard of some other person you know and the way that they pray. No, let me just put it like this. None of our prayers are worthy. None of our prayers impress God. God is holy, holy, holy. So on your side of things, our prayers are tainted with distraction and meandering thoughts and self-interest and pride and foolish thinking. This is not about bringing our shiny, golden, wonderful prayers to God, God who is holy. It's just that we realize that God is gracious. He sent his son for us. And so we just bring the prayers that we have to him 
You know, I put it like this, our prayers are more like, you know, a little kid from school sometimes brings uh, their, their, their artwork to their parents and they just proud as punch with their artwork. It just scribbles. And the parent goes, wow, that is awesome. And they put it up on the wall, they put it up on the fridge because you know what? This is their child. This is what they brought for them and they love them. Well, it's the same with prayer. We're his kids. We bring what we bring to him because he's our father. It's not about being impressive. We just come to him. It's coming to him in Jesus' name. So kids of the heavenly father, come to him in prayer. This series is called How to Pray. So each week I want to be practical. I want to give you some take-homes for you. So to finish off, here they are. How to pray. Prayer is hard. Prayer is hard. So just keep striving at it. Persevere with it. Don't give up. Uh, Pray with others. We're called to be in community. It is right to pray with others. Our Father. But also as we pray, our Father, we come to him because we're adopted children. We're his kids and it's right to even finish with our prayers in the name of Jesus. That's the only way we come to God. We pray for God's name to be honoured in the world, in our church. But also that we would actually bring a sense of honour and reverence and fear and worship to God in our prayers. We'll bring Bible and prayer together. Let the gospel, let the gospel of Jesus lead you to worship him and thank him and praise him for Jesus. Well, I, hopefully, I hope that's been encouraging for you and challenging for you. Uh, we're just kicking off things right through January. We're looking at how to pray. And may our prayer lives be deeply shaped by Jesus' teaching to us. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, what a, what a wonderful thing. What a gracious thing it is that we come to you as your adopted kids that we're your sons and we're your daughters, all by your grace, all by what Christ has done for us. Uh, You are holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty. And in your holiness, you are full of grace and mercy. Thank you for all that Christ has done for us and that we can approach you with confidence, uh, that we have the gift of your Holy Spirit testifying to us that we come to you in confidence. Uh, Hallowed be your name. Uh, We praise you and we thank you for all that you've done for us. You are wonderful. You are beautiful. Um, We thank you that you're our Father who've loved us um, despite our sin. In the midst of our sin, Christ comes for us. And so the forgiveness is ours. Um, Where new birth is ours. Uh, We thank you for all that we have in Jesus. We thank you that you're our dad. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.